0: Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. It's been a long break, but we're back. Woody Womack with Rob Cassidy. Rob, feels good to be back, doesn't it? It really does. I
1: think people, uh, you know, I was actually pretty impressed to see that people were tweeting at me asking where we've been. I'm glad that there's some concern over our well-being out there in the Twitter sphere, at least.
0: Well, we've been all over the country. For those of you wondering, we crisscrossed, I mean, you know, I think our last podcast was actually from when I was at the Shrine Bowl with Adam Friedman. You came on, and we were going to do one at Under Armour. But, uh, boy, the schedule just backed up on us, and the same thing at Army. Now we're back, so let's kind of talk about all the places we've been, all the things we've done, and let's start with Under Armour and Army. Boy, it was uh, an interesting week. Everyone out there, of course, if you're probably listening to this, you probably watched those games. But who was, the, I guess, let's start with one guy, Rob, who really jumped out to you from either of those, first, those two big national games. You know, I think there are two categories
1: here. I mean, there's you know the category of the usual suspects in which Sean Gary, who is our number one player in the country, was dominant. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of something you expect, I think, when you have a guy ranked as the top player in a class for him to come out and dominate an All-Star game like Gary did. Uh, it's kind of be expected. He jumped out in that way. And then there were some surprise guys, I think. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, guys like Sheck, Sheck Quarterman from the Miami commit uh, was at the Army game and was much better than I suspected. Um, you know, I'd seen him before in the past, but he got put in that all-star setting and was really disruptive all week at practice, was in the backfield. It got to the point where he was giving the offense such fits that their reps, <laughs> they weren't getting the reps that they needed to. They had to tell Shaq to back off a little bit. He may need to reshape his body a little bit. He doesn't look like a hulking Division One athlete just yet, but he does have the size, uh, carries a little bit of bad weight. I was really, really just surprised with how good he was, I think.
0: Yeah, he he is good. He was a guy that was good in the camp setting. I think in two thousand fourteen, we didn't. I don't think we saw him. I can't remember if we saw him in this in two thousand fifteen, but he's committed to Miami, of course. Another Miami commit that I really liked. A kid I actually saw play his first high school game way back in two thousand twelve at Naples High. Tyler Bird. Uh, you know, he, he really put on a show all week during practice, and then came out. I uh, returned a uh, uh, blocked extra point I believe it was for for a two-point conversion for his team had an interception as well so uh, Miami all of a sudden looking like they've got some guys holdovers from the Al Golden area that are actually going to be able to come in and play right away.
1: Yeah you know and that's always something that you kind of like to see when there's a coaching change to kind of get a head start so to speak with some of these guys in the recruiting class and uh, I think Bird and Quarterman are. are the kind of guys that can be cornerstones of classes. And I think, you know, when the new rankings are released, I think
0: that their improvement and what they showed in that all-star setting will be reflected in those for sure. Uh, you know of course we have to talk about the quarterbacks there's been a it just seems like it's been a running debate now for for almost two years Shea Patterson against Jacob Eason I think everybody is on the same page that uh, it was Shea who had the better day I mean he won the MVP of the game he was he was really sharp I mean ball just flies off his hand got that quick release and uh, kind of that calming presence on the field A guy who I would compare him to in terms of that demeanor would be Deshaun Watson. Uh, That's how he always was in high school. We saw it during the national championship game the other night. Just kind of calm, cool, collected, even when, uh, you know, it looks like things aren't going to go your way. He seemed to always have that poise. And that's something I actually put a lot of stake in uh, when I'm evaluating quarterbacks. I mean, you know, a lot of times it's splitting hairs with some of these elite guys. But when you have those guys with supreme confidence, I think – you know, it really goes a long way. And, when, you know, Patterson actually after the game got the uh, – you, you weren't around for this, Rob, so this is probably the first time I'm actually even telling you this. After the game, one of the reporters in the scrum uh, asked him, he was like, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think you'd win MVP of this game? And he was like, no, yeah. He, he gave him – he hit him with the, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said, I'm an ultimate competitor, which uh, – which I really enjoyed. which I really got to laugh at. But the look on Shay's face when the guy asked him if he expected to win it, you know, and he was like, of course I did. I mean, that was just uh, the the kind of confidence he kind of brings to that position. You know, The knock on Shea has always been, and maybe not a knock, I think that when you compare Eason and Patterson,
1: Eason obviously committed to Georgia with Patterson committed to Ole Miss. It's hard for people sometimes to get past the difference in look, I think. Eason looks more like a quarterback. He's tall. Uh, you know he's much taller than Patterson. He's got the long arms. You know he just kind of has. Patterson's a little bit sawed off. I mean he's not you know a shrimp by any stretch of the imaginations, but he is you know six one probably six foot six one, which you know isn't necessarily ideal for a number one quarterback in the country. I think just does it matter? I don't know. Uh, it probably doesn't in this day and age. But it's something that in the past, for guys that we've had ranked that high, you know, they've always had the look of a quarterback. They've always had you know, that big, long frame with those big, long arms. Uh, and Patterson maybe doesn't fit that mold to that extent. But it's getting really, really impossible to argue with the product on the field. Uh, he had a pretty good season at IMG. He put together four you know, great years. And then you know, in the Army game, where the competition doesn't get any better at the high school level, uh, he comes out, wins the MVP, really looked polished, uh, showed that you know, that height might not be a factor going
0: forward. Well, and you're still talking about two top 10 guys either way. I mean, in this class, we did the rankings uh, over the past few days. We're not going to reveal any of those on this podcast. But, I mean, those are two guys that are, you know, firmly firmly planted in the top 10, regardless of how they played in that game. And I think for Eason, you know, it's just a matter of adjusting to competition level. I mean, you know, as a guy who grew up on the West Coast in the uh, lovely state of Oregon, I can tell you that the level of play. That uh, Easton's facing in Washington is nowhere close to what Patterson's seen, especially considering he's played in Texas, Louisiana, and then at IMG where they play a national schedule. So I think that yeah, helped. That Patterson works both a ways well. a
1: little bit, though. I think uh, I think you'd be remiss not to point out that when you are playing at IMG like Shea is, uh, you're throwing to you know wide receivers that are headed to be stars in college as well, and you know Easton doesn't have that. Uh, you know, doesn't have that ability where he's playing in Washington. So it does work both ways to an extent, I think. Uh, you've got more weapons if you're Patterson, but,
0: you know, you're also playing against the best competition. Luckily, no one in Washington listens to this podcast, so we won't get any. Uh, Look, angry, man. Uh... Even people in Washington. If they're
1: paying any attention at all, they can't dispute that, right? Like, I don't think there's any delusional person sitting up there in Olympia thinking, "Boy, there's some really good football being played out here in, in the upper Northwest." I mean, I think that you know Washington people have got to be self-aware enough to realize that you know it's
0: garbage, right? Well, say what you want about Washington. Two out of the last three years, I believe, now they've had a five-star quarterback. Is that right? Uh, when was Max Brown? Yeah. Max Brown was, yeah, three
1: years ago, and he's at USC. And I'm not saying that there are no good players in Washington. That's not the point. I'm just saying that day in and day out, those dudes are, you know, like they're all like the kids at IMG and a lot of the the players that they play against are going to go and become, you know, college football players. Uh, In Washington, those guys are going to take my path and go and become fraternity men and grow up to be upstanding,
0: you know, recruiting reporters. Yeah, yeah, walk around wearing uh, vine- vineyard vines twenty four seven. Which, by the way, a, a recruit actually mentioned that to me the other day in a, a conversation. He was like Rob. He's like, I bet Rob's like the nice guy. He's always wearing vineyard vines. And I was like, what <laughs> Did you? Would you
1: tell him? Just say yeah. You know,
0: was it Jake Allen?
1: It was Jake Allen. Yeah, and I said, I see. said,
0: no. Rob is not. Rob is not the nice. He's like, I bet Rob's like the goody two shoes. And I was like, no, that is not. Uh, <laughs> That is not the best way to describe Rob. Funny you should uh, mention that, Jake. Rob is actually Satan. (laughs) Well, so talking about Florida quarterbacks, this is actually not on the rundown, but I want to get it while we're talking about quarterbacks. One quarterback who struggled this week, especially in the game, just had a horrendous performance. I don't think there's any way to describe it, was Felipe Franks, the Gators quarterback. This is a guy who came in, and I know a lot of the guys on the national staff who hadn't seen him live were kind of thinking, Hey, this guy might be a 5-star. Let's see how he does this week. He comes out in the game and just really kind of lays lays an egg, throws two picks, had one that was just brutal. I mean, I know I talked to some of the wide receivers on the East team uh, at the airport as we were headed back and they they certainly weren't too happy with him either. So, uh, but you know, and you were we were talking about this, how much stock can you put in that game performance, especially considering hey, you know, we've liked Franks enough to push him up, you know, in that top 30 to 50 range uh, as is. Franks can throw the ball a mile. He may have the strongest
1: arm of any quarterback in this class. You hate when something like that happens as a guy covering the region because I'll I'll tell you how this goes for people that might not understand – They don't see... Okay, so there's a bunch of us that cover different areas of the country. And the people that aren't in the Southeast, like Woody and I, don't get to see these guys as often as we get to see them. So I've seen Felipe Franks in live games and seven-on-sevens and all kinds of different settings. And he's been mostly good. I mean, there's a reason we had him ranked as high as we did. When he shows up for an All-Star week where everybody is there and you've talked this guy up on rankings calls. And this happened to me with a couple of prospects at a couple of different positions uh, this week. And they lay an egg and have their worst week ever. Oh, it's like a gut punch because it's like I swear, you know, he's good. I promise, this is not the guy you're seeing. Um, So then it becomes, and I think it was with Franks, you've got to defend his body of work. Like, look, I've seen more than a week of Felipe Franks to know that what we saw out there is not, you know, as good as it gets for him. Um, I don't think you can put a ton of stock in it. I don't think you should put a ton of stock in it. I think, I mean, obviously, it's all part of an evaluation, and it should play in. I don't think I'm not by any means saying we should ignore uh, the horrific week that he had out there, but it is part of a larger puzzle. I think, and uh,
0: sometimes it's hard to see that, especially when you're not in that region. When some of these guys from California come out. One guy that uh, did put on a good week for the Gators was Antonius Clayton, defensive end from uh, Dooley County in Georgia, which most people will uh, know as the exit off of I-75 North where they've got the big water tower with the cotton logo on it, um, really off the beaten path. place that doesn't produce D1 prospects every year but did actually have a five-star a few years ago in uh, Montravius Adams, who's now at Auburn and uh, they're actually, he's actually cousins with uh, Antonius Clayton. I was really impressed with Clayton during the week. He dominated at practice. I mean, he was going against a uh, fellow Georgia guy in E.J. Price a lot of the times and just kind of ate him up with that speed off the edge. He had a nice move to the inside as well. I really liked his performance this week. I was really impressed with him. What did you think with it being the first time you kind of had seen him in this process?
1: See, yeah, and that's what I said. Going back to what I said, it's one of those guys, the first time I see him, I think, why is he ranked so low? Um, I don't know if that's you know what you get from every, every time you guys see him uh, because I had not seen him. You know, I thought the world of him. I thought that he looked like a million bucks. I thought that you know he's not one of those guys that looks that way and then doesn't back it up on the field. So you know, I don't really see what the knock has been on him in the past.
0: Well, he's just been a ghost. I mean, no one had ever seen him. He didn't compete in any of our camps. Uh, he he did do some on campus stuff. The main thing that people questioned was why wasn't he offered by Georgia? And that was an interesting knock because he had, you know, Notre Dame. Yeah, everyone. He even had, like, Baylor. He had Alabama. He had Auburn. I mean, he's committed to Florida. But for some reason, the uh, the Georgia fans just could not get over the fact that Georgia didn't offer him. And sometimes we see this with in-state guys. I know I see it in other states that I cover where if a team is late on a guy and then they think they're not going to get him, they just don't offer because then they say, oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't want him, which is a classic line we get from coaches all the time. Yeah, we we didn't want him, and we weren't really interested in him. Even though, if if it was just based on talent alone, they probably would take the guy if they thought they could get him. Yeah, no, that absolutely happens, and it happens
1: all the time, and it happens in a place like Florida as well, because you see so much talent get out of this state and then end up shining on the college level, and then they kind of have to backtrack again. You know, when I'm in contact with coaches at this juncture, they don't want them. Uh, Then when they become stars, it's like you know we tried to recruit him, but he just you know. Too late in the process so yeah, you know they talk out both sides of their mouth and you know it's i mean everybody does that to an extent but the business of college football is the business of lying i mean that's just what it is it may not be pretty and it may not be what people want to hear but that's what it
0: is i mean the business of lying and the business of college football are, are hand in hand baby all right so let's move on to a state that has done a great job of keeping uh, in-state talent in, and that's kentucky a lot of times you know we would not think that we'd be talking about a team that it was 5-7 or whatever they finished. Hasn't gone to a bowl game in, in a few years. But at the Army game, the Kentucky actually had three players, all of them on the West team, which I was sort of puzzled geographically. Why yeah, Jacob Eason was team. playing quarterback for the East team. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, that was Washington. So. <laughs> that was definitely a weird scenario. But the guys that, that they were, offensive lineman Landon Young, who, who uh, Nick and I actually went up and watched play in a monsoon earlier this year. He was really impressive. Offensive uh, center. Drake Jackson, and then linebacker Cash Daniel, three guys all, you know, from the state of Kentucky that, that we ended up sticking with Kentucky, actually wrote a feature on them uh, midweek last week. But Young's the guy I really want to talk about. I know, Rob, you weren't there for the game, so I'll kind of go on a little bit of a diatribe here. But you're talking about a guy who's six foot seven, 300 pounds, really with a tall, slender frame. I mean, he looks like he could put on 20 or 25 more pounds of muscle without uh skipping a beat and he was really impressive during the game he's going against defensive linemen you know uh, from the east team like i mentioned four five-star guys dexter lawrence Derek brown a couple others uh you know at the defensive end spots brian burns uh, and jeffrey simmons who's a guy from mississippi that you and i both really have liked over the past month so he he more than held his own there and the question is you know, is he a five-star? Does the state of Kentucky you know, produce a five-star, number one? And number two, will this be the first five-star Kentucky ever gets? And my question is now for you, do you think uh, that kind of stuff is a big deal? And could that be a momentum change for Kentucky, which has already been recruiting at a high level, but uh, having that kind of five-star feather in their cap, could that be something that, that they carry over into next season in terms of momentum? Yeah, let me interject this, in, and I won't name names here because it's there's no
1: reason to do it. Uh, my favorite thing about this whole Kentucky trio, and I won't name which one it is, is just like how true to the stereotype that one of them was when he rolls into the media room for media day with a giant dip in. <laughs> it's a Dr. Porter's. I mean, that was just you know, the highlight of my Army week. But as far as, you know, is it a momentum changer if you get a highly rated kid, if Kentucky gets a five-star? It, only, it could be, but they have to win. It doesn't matter. I, recruits don't. I don't think they care much if Bowling Green lands a five-star, if Bowling Green is still playing in the conference that they play in and winning you know, six games a year. You have to win, and then it becomes a momentum shift. Then it becomes, all right, not only is this program a successful SEC school, but it's also become a cool place for good players to go. Um, if they land a five-star and they don't make a bowl game in the next two years, I, everybody forgets that they landed a five-star. I, I don't think it matters whatsoever. I think the only thing that matters in recruiting, really, first and foremost, is winning, and then. And everything else, uh, you kind of build around that.
0: Well, let the record show that two of the three players were actually uh, sharing a cup to spit in, so they were both. Uh, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> really kind of. This isn't. This
1: isn't Woody and Rob make fun of Kentucky. This is our stereotype Kentucky people. This is a thing that happened in the real
0: world that we both saw with our own two eyes. Well, what's interesting is it's something I never realized. I mean, you know, I grew up in the country, so uh, I saw several people, uh, you know, chewing tobacco actually. When I was a kid, and would get Sports Illustrated, you could you could tear out that little thing and uh, you know send in for a free sample. I would take those to school and sell them to the rednecks. Uh, after I ordered the free <laughs> sample, you the are precinct. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was distributing tobacco to underage kids as an underage but, kid. Myself. But what's with
1: the double standard, man? Could you imagine if a couple of like USC commits came in there and they were smoking cigarettes outside before they came into media day?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't think that would go <laughs> wrong. I, honestly, I don't think it's a good look for any of them to be. And I actually told them both. I was like, you know, you guys should. Uh, you guys. I, mean, I don't should, care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what they do. I just thought it was funny. Right. I said, do, you know, do it on your own time. Although, you know, when I cover one sport, I didn't know I covered hockey for a while. As our competition will tell you uh, on a regular basis, whenever they're trying to discredit me, including mentioning my wardrobe. Somehow, you can wear vineyard vines, but God forbid I wear a bow tie. Uh, all of a sudden, Look, I wear bow ties way. all the time, man. I I don't
1: understand what what everybody's got against bow ties. It's well, like to work in this business, you have to dress like a bumpkin, or else you're like well, an outcast.
0: Well, no, you don't have to dress like a bumpkin. You just have to wear a lot of cargo shorts, uh, <laughs> saying, absolutely, and, and dry fit T shirts. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, when I covered hockey, all the hockey players chew tobacco, which I never knew was you know obviously you're associated with baseball, but I mean almost every single, including the coach, uh, the coaches, they also chew. So it's just, a, it's just an interesting thing. We've seen cigarettes take a, the brunt of the punishment. But, uh, you know, d- stay away from the chewing tobacco while you're at it, too. I don't think it's a good look. But let's transition to a play to a, someone who does not chew tobacco. <laughs> the, PBS, uh, uh, the PBS, Woody Womack's PBS Hour. <laughs> stay, away, stay away from chewing I, tobacco, kids. I want to talk about Ole Miss. We talked about Patterson a lot. But you know, all of a sudden, this is starting. We're starting to have a little bit of a two thousand thirteen feeling when it comes to the rebels. That was the year, of course. They famously landed Robert Kimdiichi. They landed Laquan Treadwell. They landed uh, who was the oh the offensive lineman Laramie Tunsil who was Tunsel. you know bound for Georgia. We all thought. I mean, I was covering Florida at that time, and it was seemed like a done deal. And then uh, they actually they pulled in a couple other guys at that same time, too. Now. We're hearing Ole Miss mentioned with a lot of guys, even Rashan Gary, the nation's number one player. I think it's between Ole Miss and Michigan for him, even though you know he's not from my region. That's just kind of based on what I've heard from talking to people. Mike Juarez, who is the linebacker, uh, who, who so I heard some people referring to him as a penguin based, based on his like he <laughs> showed up a little bit overweight uh, for the for the Army game, uh, and then uh, Marquez Callaway, who's a guy. Top two hundred and fifty guy from the state of Georgia from Warner Robbins that you know is another one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of attention because he's not up here in the Atlanta area. But are you feeling like like this uh, Old Miss momentum is real, or do you think it's a situation where they end up being mentioned with these kids and uh, maybe take the route of a school like Oregon where they don't end up actually landing any of them? I don't think they're getting Gary. Um,
1: that's the one that I feel most confident about saying. I don't think it's happening. I think that he's going to end up at Michigan. Who knows? Uh, the other two. It's real hard to pull those California kids off the West Coast. Uh, I mean, you've seen it. UCLA has the pull out there. Uh, No matter what you want to say about that program and what kind of state that's in, I mean, they still have the juice. It's going to be tough there. I don't know enough about Callaway's recruitment to really venture any kind of educated guess. Uh, If I said anything, it would just be throwing crap against the wall. So who knows on him? Maybe he ends up there. But I don't think they get the other two. I think that they end up going the Oregon route, and it's nice to be mentioned. But at this point, people are just going to accuse Ole Miss of cheating no matter what, <laughs> which is – I mean, it's just what happens when they get good
0: recruiting classes for whatever <laughs> reason. So they might it's as well ti- just get these guys. It's a tired discussion too because – It's so you know, tired. It's, this <laughs> is like the a, worst. You know, I'm not a staunch Ole Miss defender here, but this is definitely a – you know, as someone who covers recruiting – you know, this is definitely a don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. You know, I'm not uh, naming any names, but, but, you but they're know, definitely honestly. like the. I mean, sure, everybody's
1: doing some extent of whatever, but they're definitely the trendy. Like they've become like the trendy people to like point at for whatever reason. I think it's
0: right. Knows why. <laughs> but uh, so uh, uh, let me speculate on Calloway just for a minute. He's never visited Old Miss, but for some reason. I have a sneaky suspicion they're getting the last visit. He's also visiting Tennessee and uh, Mississippi State. But I somehow I have a sneaking suspicion that he he likes something about him. must have a good connection with the coaches. He told me, I asked him, I said, would you commit to a school for the next four years, even though you've only been there one time? And he said uh, his response was, hey, first time's a charm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all for turning a cliche on its head Right, yeah, first time's a charm So uh, Ole Miss, yeah, we're definitely going to be watching them till the end It's going to be something close to watch uh, I wanted to touch a little bit more on Georgia We had an interesting week Georgia with several commits out there uh, at the Army game And uh, like you said, Easton played on the East team Which I believe was a calculated move yeah, it was okay. definitely Georgia
1: made that happen. Like if you listen to like all the indicators out there at Army Week is that there were well, some it. strings pulled and Jacob Eason ended up on the East Team.
0: You taught now you talked to him, teams. didn't didn't he tell you as much that Yeah, that, uh, yeah. I was like, How'd that happen?
1: And he was like, I don't know, I didn't ask for it. I'm like, Okay, how'd it happen? He's like, I'm sure recruiting had something to do with it and kinda of grinned at me. Um, ah, but, yeah, I mean that okay. definitely went down, man. Like, I mean it's it's a good move though. I mean, if you've got the kind of pull that Georgia has with the army game, which they do um, because they're so plugged in there, it, making that happen behind the scenes is smart. I mean, you get, you get your quarterback on a team with all your other targets, and you let him
0: go to work. I mean, he's throw, all of a sudden he's throwing to Isaac Nada now instead of playing against him. Right, and we saw that was the that was the big move of the week. Nada committed. I think uh, we had I had pretty much guaranteed that on the Georgia board several times. I. Our Michigan site was really sweating me, even up to the minute before he announced it. That, well, a guy on our board, is there, you know, sources are saying that he's yeah, coming here and uh, yeah. he's really plugged in. And I was like, guys, I mean, I'm, a, you know, I consider myself really plugged in as well. But uh, <laughs> I was told, I was actually told that Isaac committed to Georgia on the day after Thanksgiving when he came home. Uh, he visited He visited that day, took an unofficial visit to campus, told the coaches he was coming. That was, uh, I believe, before – was that before the coaching news? I can't remember when, when Rick uh, got fired. I think it was before yeah, the news, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, he was never going anywhere else. I mean, it was tones right. of home for him. As soon as he decommitted from Florida State, that was over. Like, he was committed there. It was done.
0: And, uh, you know, hopefully one day NIDA will tell everyone what happened at Florida State. It's a, definitely an interesting story. Uh, of what i've heard maybe it'll be in our book rob that we write uh once they run us off the wearing book. (laughs) yeah yeah if we ever write that book though we're gonna have to move to like bermuda (laughs) definitely definitely out of the sec footprint uh if we ever write that book so uh, a couple of guys though that struggled uh for georgia julian rochester this is a guy that you know i've been covering now for three or four years uh you've seen him at you know multiple five-star challenges uh and uh, boy, he just he just came out there, and you know he continues to kind of be you know in a in, in bad shape. I guess you know talk about the he the, is the uh, beefy. I think is maybe right. the word uh, really, not really the pot way. calling the kettle black from my perspective.
1: Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know. yeah, but you're not a, but you're not a, you're not a D one bound athlete. At least I don't think so.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's okay I for just, you I to still, be beefy. I don't think I have any eligibility left. but uh, So he, he struggled. I mean, he didn't record a statistic in the game. You know, Nick and I actually went to a couple of his games earlier this year where he didn't record statistics either, which, you know, is, is it sometimes happens for a D-tackle, especially if you're taking up, you know, two guys in the middle. But he's not your traditional, you know, zero technique guy. He You know, he's a guy who last season was playing out on the edge, who was battling Mitch Hyatt, going going blow for blow with Mitch Hyatt, who we saw start the national championship game for Clemson at left tackle. So I mean, you know, that's he's kind of, you know, fallen a long way since then. I think he's really going to have to get to work. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: I don't think his ship is sunk. He's a guy that I don't think is going to play right away at Georgia by any means. They're going to have to put him in the conditioning program and get him leaner so he can become faster. Because I think that's where he got hurt in All Star Week. Was he just wasn't quick enough? People he just could not match you know the footwork of the people he was going up against, and the reason he could not do that is because he 's carrying what seemed like a lot of extra weight now sometimes it's very hard to eyeball uh you know how many pounds somebody needs to lose or just how overweight somebody is when it comes to tackles, especially, but it, you know it does look like a lot of extra weight to the naked eye anyway
0: you know, it 's tough to be you know as a person who's weighed three hundred and forty five pounds at one time during their life, I can tell you it's. No. tough to – it's really? tough to move around it that way. Yeah, yeah, I weighed that much like 2010. Yeah, so I, mean, I want some pictures uh, of that. I well, boy, they're not pretty. <laughs> Luckily, none of them are in a compression shirt. So, <laughs> but another guy we like, you know, we talked about Ben Cleveland, uh, offensive lineman committed to Georgia. At one time, was the number three overall prospect in the class. I believe we had Easton one, and him three. Uh, you know, he's been viewed as a left tackle. He played left tackle during the week also kind of struggled mightily and he's had that issue at some of these events when you look at cleveland he's a guy that you know we you and i make a lot of wrestling jokes about because he looks like if football doesn't pan out he could seriously walk right right into the wwe Uh,
1: he's two things
0: he is uh either a
1: the intercontinental champion of the world or b a guard for georgia A tackle is not, I think, in the equation. I think that he is either, you know, a world champion wrestler or he's a guard. And I think he could be a very good guard. I just – they're insisting on paying him a tackle, uh, at least in these All-Star games. And I think he'd fit in better at guard. I don't know if you agree with that or not.
0: Yeah, I think especially – assuming Georgia shifts their offense more to what Alabama has done over the past few years or if you look at, you know, the offensive coordinator they got from Pitt, uh, the offense they ran – I think you slide Cleveland in that card, and he has a chance to be special. I mean, he, you know, a lot of people kind of, that gets lost in the translation of, hey, he's the number whatever 80 player in the country or 110 player in the country. That's disrespectful. Yeah, what an an insult, right? I mean, you're talking about, you know, the upper 98, 99 percentile of all recruits. So, when we're, you know, I think that sometimes fans forget that, hey, if a guy's ranked, if a guy is even you know, a three-star, you're still in the top 85% or something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's just interesting that that kind of people forget that. So Cleveland, we, we, he struggled. There's no question. I mean, going against Derek Brown and a, a guy from Georgia who really had a ter- terrific week, he overpowered him. There's just no question. So uh, I think Cleveland's got some work to do, I think. But I, I still think he's going to be okay. I just think, you know, number three in the country, you're talking about a guy we expect to be a top-five draft pick. Uh, Down the road, I I just don't think that's going to happen, especially because his future is at guard, a position that doesn't hold the same uh, type of value. All right, let's move on. Uncommitted five stars is what I have here on the list. It seems like, boy, dramatic shifts happening all over the, all over the place. But there's been some shifts on that list. Some shifts on their list. Are you, see, are you saying there's some shifts in people's lists? <laughs> <that about> <laughs> I, I, I hope uh, Kruger has that drop from Adam Friedman. Some shifts in your list. Uh, but, you know, Mecole Hardman, the, the, the number one guy. Boy, this this is a uh, Mr. Personality. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves to talk to the kid. But he... Uh, I would say he's enjoying the recruiting process, uh, wouldn't, you think, wouldn't you agree, based on uh, your view, which is kind of from a distance?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. He's kind of attacking the recruiting process the way I think I would attack it, which is: Am I really interested in this school? I don't know, but I'll go there Um, for for, for a visit or whatever. I don't know, you know. I I don't obviously have to follow Hardman's recruitment as closely as you do, Um, you know. So I'm just kind of a spectator when it comes to some of these Georgia kids. But you know, I've talked to him a little bit, and it's interesting that he's going to be visiting Ohio State. I can't say that's something that I saw coming until you know that came out yesterday. I think that. My co-host Woody Womack actually uh, was the first to
0: report that news, Uh, so that took me off guard a little bit. What happened was he 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 sent me a text yesterday. I forget what he wanted. He said I got a surprise or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, what? Can you just tell me what it is? You know, I used. Are you you having
1: a sleepover with Jim Harbaugh? Is that that the surprise? I
0: I used some uh, irritated emojis. I sent back at him in response to that, and he said he would give me three guesses uh, as to which the school was. And if I got it right, oh, so I'd at least that. so
1: he told you it was a visit, though it wasn't just like a nondescript. I've got a surprise, and it could be a vanilla chocolate cake or something,
0: right? Well, I wish that would have been what the surprise was. Uh, speaking of which, remind me of that. That, that. You know, that's what I'm gonna. add. That's what will be in my rant section. I had a real interesting cake experience today, uh, but anyway. So, so I first guessed Oregon because he had talked a lot about them. My second guest. Ohio State, which he told me no first, and then I guess Texas A&M as the, th- as the third one, and then he said, no, it's Ohio State. So, I mean, you know, this is, a, this is the life of a recruiting reporter. We're playing guessing games, but, you know, the, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am so depressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just think, I just think that, you know, obviously all three of those guesses were educated guesses based on what I think Hardman would excel at at the next level, I think, at Ohio State, he could be used as, uh, I believe they call it an H-back, which in my mind is not what an H-back traditionally is, but you know, I, I don't want to get into the specifics of the offense. But I think he could be a lot like the kid uh, from Texas, Dontre Wilson, who has struggled with injuries, but I think he could play a similar role if he were to go to Ohio State. I still think it's Alabama or Georgia. I'm leaning towards Georgia. I just think... You know, the more he kind of plays this up, the more I think he's already has his mind made up and wants to stay close to home. Uh, You know, so that's my take on him. Demetrius Robertson, another guy I wanted to talk about because a lot of people think he's playing the game. But after, you know, we sat and talked at the airport for probably 30 minutes as he waited to get on his flight. Actually, until another reporter from another recruiting site uh, put him on to record a podcast (laughs) <laughs> which was, which at the at the in, gate in, a, in an airport, <laughs> yeah at the at the gate at the Delta gate there because uh, their flight was delayed. We were both flying back to Atlanta. Theirs was delayed and ours took off on time. But he, I really he has no clue where he's going. Uh, just this, we're three weeks out, and I can assure you that he doesn't know what he's doing. I I personally think it's going to be Alabama or perhaps Notre Dame. He you know he wanted to go to Stanford. I just don't think he's got the the scores to get there. He took the SAT multiple times, just couldn't quite get over that hump. Which is you know definitely not saying anything bad about him. I mean yeah, you no know, that's he's...
1: a big hump. Um, you know who right. else couldn't get into Stanford? Everybody I know.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yes, me so. me and you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely didn't get into Stanford. I got into Syracuse. That's something. Uh, but I did not get into uh, I did not get into Stanford. But uh, I really think he, he doesn't even know where he's taking visits. He. He says one thing. His brother says another thing. I I still think Notre Dame has got a visit under their belt. Alabama's gotten a visit under their belt. He's been there several times. I think those are the two schools. I think you've got to follow the visits as the month goes along uh, because he doesn't even know where he's going this weekend. We're three days away, four days away. So uh, the the guy I wanted to ask you about uh, that we actually saw down in, uh, in San Antonio is Brian Burns. This is a versatile athlete. He had a very impressive week a guy that's really come a long way from back in the spring when he was really one of the skinniest D-linemen I think we'd, we'd ever seen, uh, you know, out there running around at the uh, Rivals camp. What's your take on him and what, what's, your, what's your read in terms of where he might go? Well, you know, for a
1: while I think everybody kind of assumed it was going to be Miami for Burns. That is not happening. Um, once those coaching changes all started happening and they started playing, you know, coaches were coming in and coaches were leaving and the assistants were uncertain. He just completely eliminated them. Um, Where he will, where he will land is is, is an interesting question. You know, Florida state's a player. I think that that's kind of what convention is saying now is that he's going to land there. Florida is a player. Georgia is a player. I'm going to pick Florida state only because, you know, I I like to give the in-state school the benefit of the doubt here because Burns doesn't seem like a guy that wants to go that far from home. Um, but I think it's close. He's hard to read. I, I don't think he knows where he's going. I think he's kind of a Robertson situation in that effect, anyway. Um, but, you know, if I'm handicapping it, I think I think it's going to be Florida State. I think it, it would be remiss if we didn't note just, you know, how much better he's gotten. He was certainly one of the surprises of All Star Week, I think. I don't think anybody expected him to be as disruptive as he was or to be as filled out as he was. I don't know how much weight he's put on uh, since before the season, but it's significant, certainly.
0: All right, before we, uh, before we move on to our favorite section of rants and recommendations, I want to quickly uh, get a few advertisements in here. Of course, you know, visit us at Rivals.com. Uh, we have a new uh, redesign launching sometime soon. Be sure to check that out. Al- already launched on mobile. A lot, of, a lot of things on the mobile are much easier to read. A lot of our content there uh, from the national site is now free, so you don't need a subscription. I would check a lot of that out. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rivals Woody. Rob is at Cassidy underscore Rob. And you could send us an email, uh, rivalspodcast at yahoo.com. We take any type of feedback. You could also follow the account uh, at Rivals Podcast. And please rate us on iTunes. That's what we are uh, hurting for those reviews. I actually looked, Rob. We've got more reviews than Adrian Wojnarowski's Vertical Podcast, which I'm sure uh, gets a lot more listens. But we got the edge on the reviews right now.
1: That's good. I wonder if Adrian was like – bugging his old fraternity roommates to uh, review his podcast, or if that was just me.
0: Or yeah, making his 14-year-old cousins do it on their, uh, not even iPhone. My cousin didn't even have a phone. He had whatever that. I had, a, yeah, I had my cousin uh, do it on his Motorola Razor. <laughs> <laughs> his iPod Touch. But we're also on other sites. If you don't uh, have an iPhone, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio app, and a couple other ones. So basically anywhere you can get a podcast. You can find us. So now, Rob, it's time to complain. Uh, boy, let me, you know, I have a different complaint. going off the board here when you brought up the cakes. So earlier today, uh, I was walking, you know, I, I'm currently carless. So I was walking, walking down the street like, you know, like a person who lives in a big city or something. And uh, I decided to stop in and get a coffee. And I noticed there were some cool different kinds of cakes at this particular coffee shop. And this is a real farm to table. You know, this wasn't Starbucks. This was a, you know, one of these places that really fancies themselves on being a bi local establishment. And I, I saw the cakes and I said, "Hey, where, you know, where do you guys get those cakes? That one, that's a cool flavor I've never seen before. I'd like to to maybe order one for, you know, a birthday down the line or something like that." And she said, "Oh, we get them from local bakeries." And I said, "Oh, well, great. Where did you get this? It was like uh, I, I can't remember what the flavor was. It was some type of weird flavor." And she, I said, "Where did you get that one?" And she said, well, I, uh, we, we can't tell you. <laughs> Secret bakery, duh. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't? First of all, I just bought a drink for $3 and given her a $1 tip, which I consider to be uh, pretty generous. I could have just scratched right through that line, number one. Number two, I was like, what do you mean you can't tell me? And, and, and she was like, well, you can order it from us, and we'll get it from them. <laughs> And I was like, so I'm supposed to order a cake from a coffee shop instead of the bakery directly? I was like, why don't you just give, is there some type of finder's fee? And she's like, no, I, I can't tell you. And I mean, I really... I mean, I understand they're trying to protect their interests, but that makes
1: me think that there's some, like, suspect... Non-local. That cake was from Publix, bro. No, no, I
0: got, I got news for you. That cake came from Cisco Distributors, which, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. which if you go to any restaurant, you know, say you're whatever restaurant you want to say, or, you know, even some local restaurants, so you go to Olive Garden or whatever, you know, they pull out that little dessert cart, that's all Cisco pre-frozen desserts, baby, and yeah. I think no, that's exact- nobody's thing. nobody's going to Olive Garden, though, I hope. Well, I, I it was the first thing I could come up with that would have, uh... <laughs> That would have those. So, this—I'm not even going to say the name of the place because I, I'm so mad at the—I'm so mad at it that. Uh, sure.
1: The—the uh, the podcast also just reminded me of something I'm a little bit upset about. Um, you heard Woody give our Twitter handles, and my Twitter handle has been Cassidy underscore Rob for some time. This is because the Rob at Rob Cassidy handle is taken by some dude with an egg logo, whose Twitter I'm looking at right now has four tweets, one of which—one of which is. Where are you, question mark. (laughs) The second one of which is looking for interesting people to talk to. There is a retweet of the Google Chrome account, and the last tweet reads, Well, for you, I thought I would have quiet NYT in until Bridgie called. Talk about the in-laws. And this is why I cannot have at Rob Cassidy. I've talked to our social media manager about this. She blows me off. I'm about to launch a full-fledged Twitter campaign to commandeer this account.
0: Well, that's interesting because, you know, one of the other podcasts that I really enjoy listening to, uh, The Starters, which is a show on, MT, on uh, NBA TV. Uh, I'm tweeting n- n- at this guy right now, man. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they, they had an issue with someone was actually sitting on the, the, the Starters account. They ended up, through, through pressure from their fans, getting it back. So I don't know. We don't have that kind of pull yet. But uh, it seems like you being a verified account at all, as you are. You would supersede uh, the likes of our boy at Rob Cassidy. Let's t- <laughs> 2009. <laughs> Two- I know you looking at it. <laughs> it's an orange egg, which is an unusual color. Usually, you get a blue. Uh, I see a lot of blues and greens. I didn't. have not seen an orange, but he joined in May 2009, and he made it till June 13th, and that was the end. He shut it down. So uh, I just
1: tweeted. I just tweeted out a promise him to give him a locally made cake if he, <laughs> if he gives up his
0: account. <laughs> So if you want to, uh, if you want to attack uh, at Rob Cassidy, and uh, then you feel – I wonder how many people tweet at him thinking it's him because I actually have at Woody Womack uh, as an account that I sit on so nobody takes it and makes fun of me, uh, and I get tweets all the time on that account meant for at rivals, Woody. So I'd be curious to see if, if, at, Cassidy, if at Rob Cassidy gets uh, highlight videos or follow back coach – uh, <laughs> <firmer> <laughs> <roots>. <laughs> all right, roots. let's move on. What are you recommending here, Womack? All right, so this is a little bit regional. I'm sure we don't have many listeners in Texas, but uh, San Antonio is a tourist destination. I can tell by, you know, it has, first of all, it has a Hard Rock Cafe. Second of all, it has a Rainforest Cafe. It's got a Ripley's, believe it or not. I mean, there are all kinds of tourist uh, attractions there, so I'm sure yeah, a lot it of people... Ch- it, ch- it checks all the tourist boxes, brother. Right. If, uh, all I have to see is a Hard Rock Cafe, and I know... You know, that it's a tourist place. Uh, and so uh, we went, you know, a lot of different restaurants there. A lot of places recommended to us. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But the, uh, the big winner was actually probably about 10, 10, 15 miles out of town. It was called Habaneros, which is a common name. I know there's some chains uh, of that in other states. But, uh, boy, the, Rob, I mean, you were there with me. They, uh, they make the tortilla there right in front of you, flatten it out, cook it on the grill, Loaded up for you, kind of, uh, you know, I guess Chipotle style, even though I hate Chipotle. Um, very similar, and boy, just loaded it full. My Snapchat featured Adam Friedman eating one that was bigger than, eating a burrito that was bigger than his head. I had a quesadilla. They actually have all kinds of uh, alcoholic yeah, went- drinks. They do. They
1: had those giant margaritas. I went the uh, I went the bowl route, but we went twice. I mean, it was so. and I don't usually go like on work trips or vacations or anything. I try not to eat at the same place twice, but it was good enough to where you and I
0: ended up there on on two occasions. So that would be my recommendation. We've been away from uh, TV and stuff like that. I've actually you know been watching the TV show I Zombie, which I'm not sure if I've discussed on here. But if you like Veronica Mars, which I was a big fan of, uh, I would definitely recommend checking that out as well. I'm not sure though what the streaming situation is. Uh, because uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the CW does with their show streaming wise. So, how about you? Got anything for us?
1: Uh, you know, I recommend reading the story about uh, Jim Harbaugh planning a slumber party with a kicker. Have you seen this? Like a kicker recruit? Have you no, seen I did any of this? I've not seen that. No, I haven't. Okay, so, so yeah, so his recruiting tactic is he's going to have a sleepover with a recruit. Apparently. Uh, as a recruiting pitch, like, at this kid's house. <laughs> and I'm really ho- – because Jim Harbaugh, obviously, right? Like, I, this headline was on the internet yesterday. People were laughing at it. If it goes anything like any of my childhood sleepovers went, I'm really hoping that, like, Jim and the kicker get into a wrestling match that gets a little bit too serious and somebody gets punched and then they swear they never talk to each other again. But then they get over it the next day once their parents come and pick them up. and That's usually how those things go. And I'm really, really hoping that Jim and this guy get into a, a, a heated wrestling
0: match. How you know? I, I I'm curious as to the legality of how that would go down, especially considering. <laughs> Let me pull up the story here. Uh, um, I don't really, but I'd be curious you know. to see how it pans out. I mean, especially considering it's a kicker recruit. But Harbaugh is the master. I think uh, I know Mike uh, Mike Farrell, the uh, national recruiting. <laughs> actually named Mike Farrell, but we call Mike <laughs> we call him Mike Farrell for because we're idiots. Uh, he, he actually was working on a story about this last week. I'm not sure if it came out or not about some of the different stuff. But Harbaugh, the master of getting the headlines. We need him to play All right, hold on. Podcast. So I got this story
1: here. Okay. So the kid's name is Quinn Norden of Rockford, Michigan. Norden is ranked the number one kicker in the nation by rivals and is currently verbally committed to Penn State. Although Michigan is making a strong push, got da blah 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 under the exact rules... All right, this is the kicker. This is uh, our boy, Quinn, speaking here. Under the exact rules, he's going to be at my house at 12.01, he said. That's when it's legal for him to be at my house, Norton said. He said we can watch a movie, see how well we gel, and then he would sleep over after that. <laughs> I mean, that is a quote. There is definitely going to be a wrestling match, and hopefully they're going to go knock on people's doors and run away, and everything else you do... In these situations,
0: well, I have heard of stranger things happening, but I, I still think he can only. What's the What's the in home visit rule? Two hours or four? Is it four hours? Yeah, but I mean, if it's twelve o one, you you get a quick movie in, and then you know get an hour nap, and then I guess that that doesn't leave much time for the wrestling match. Well, you never get you never go to sleep anyway. There's always a lot of pillow talk. Uh... You know, we're full of fights yeah absolutely well yeah but then you lay down are you still awake Are you still awake go to sleep you know it's a lot of that uh, going on as well now I, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere without any friends so I can't speak uh... <laughs> so, so in my mind this is what I imagined would happen yeah yeah that's that's what I think uh, did happen the one or two times I have you know when you live 13 miles from a town of 800, It's hard to really talk parents into uh, bringing the kids out for a sleepover. Look, man, I'm
1: telling you, it always ends with a wrestling match that gets a little too serious, and then people get mad at each other, and it turns into a
0: fight. That's what happens. All right, well, let's end this podcast before you and I start fighting. We, we do enough of that uh, off the air, so that, that wraps it up for us. Uh, a reminder, our boy M. Deuce, you hear his music playing now. Find him on SoundCloud. He's also working on producing some uh, intro music for other podcasts in the Rivals.com network. So, uh, and also you know. our
1: wonderful producer, Nick Kruger, who does a great job on the show, and hopefully I have not angered him. I've moved into a new room in my house to record this, and hopefully it c-
0: kills the background noise. All right, let's hope so. All right, Rob, I appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Once again, we're back on a weekly schedule uh, starting next week.